Bibles out, turn with me in the book of Acts, please, chapter number 1. And we're going to speak on the subject this morning, waiting for the promise. Waiting for the promise. Let's bow for prayer and uh, let's have a wonderful time in the Bible this morning. Lord, thank you for building our faith and thank you for giving our, uh, our, our wonderful needs, uh, giving us the needs that we have and then meeting those needs with your wonderful grace. We thank you that you put needs in our lives and we thank you that you have shown us uh, how much you love us all the time, constantly telling us and showing us how much you love us. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for Christmas. And uh, Lord, thank you for just meeting the needs that we've we've had uh, and then being able to have family and friends. And uh, Lord, we pray and thank you for this Christmas season. We pray and thank you that we have the ability to still celebrate the, the birth of the Lord Jesus. And thank you for the Christmas pro program we had last week. We pray and thank you that it uh, went very well. And we pray that you'll honor your word today and help those out of town, those traveling, those busy. Uh, we ask God that uh, you'll meet with us today as you promised. And we pray and thank you that we, we can praise your name together and worship you and uh, and love you uh, together as a group. And we thank you for this time we have. Please bless this message to our hearts and help us to be encouraged today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, Acts chapter number one, we have here, uh, of course, uh, a time when Jesus was not there physically, but he had promised, made promises. You know, Jesus made a lot of promises and uh, he kept every one of them so far and those that have not been kept doesn't doesn't mean he broke the promise. It means the promises that God made to us have not been kept yet because it's not time to keep them. But all the promises that he made will be kept and have been kept, except for those that are yet to be kept, right? You understand he's never broken a promise, ever. He never has. And today, you can count on that. You can trust him for that. That whatever promises are in the Bible, you can stand on them and hold on to them and love them and uh, be encouraged by them. I love waiting on the promises that God has given me and some of those he's kept already in my life. Some of those now, the promises are he's keeping promises that he made. Uh, by the way, did you know we're kept by his, his grace? until the day we are of redemption. So that's a promise he made. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Is that right? He has never left you. He's never forsaken you. He won't. He promised. So you can take all the promises that God has made, and by the time you get done reading about them, you can smile. You can actually have devotions, and by the time you're done, you can be smiling. Some of you, I can tell, have not had devotions. So. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, you keep looking at those promises, and you will be encouraged, I promise you. Hey, that, that goes together, doesn't it? I promise you that if you look into the Bible, God will keep his promises. And so you can promise on God's behalf. God's going to come back one day, and uh, we're going to go back and see him and get caught up together with him in the clouds. Is that right? That's a promise. You see, that's what we live. We live on those promises. Now... In the beginning of the early church, the very first church that Jesus ever started, he told them in Acts, or excuse me, Luke, he said, now, I'm commanding you, I want you to wait right here. Don't leave Jerusalem. I want you to wait right here. 
And you wait until you be endued with, on, with power from on high. So let's go. Let's go to verse number uh, uh, one and see what this promise was. Then we're going to go to Luke chapter two, uh, excuse me, 24. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to t and teach. Until the day in which he was taken up after that he th through the Holy Ghost had given commandments under the, under the apostles whom he had chosen. So remember this, those apostles received commands. Jesus didn't make suggestions. He said, I'm commanding you. If you're an apostle, I want you to wait right here. Let's look at it. Verse number three, he said, to whom, <coughs> to whom also he showed himself alive after the, his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days. He stayed there almost a month and a half after he rose from the grave. He walked around and, and stayed with them. Almost a month and a half he was walking and talking and eating and teaching. He didn't just leave and disappear. He came back and he showed himself, I am alive for almost a month and a half. That's 40 days. Speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, Jesus didn't just disappear. He, he showed himself, I'm alive in the upper room. Remember, Thomas touched him. He was seen of 500 brethren at one time. 500 people, brethren, saw him and talked with him. Verse 4, and being assembled, so you see the assembly part of the, uh, the early church there, the very first church, they assembled themselves. It says, being assembled together with them, Jesus was there with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise, wait for the promise, wait for the promise. I love those words of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So this, this was a command, Jesus said, was with them in the church, in the upper room, and he was with the apostles. And he said, now I'm commanding you, stay right here in Jerusalem until you get the endowment of the power of God. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. John 17 tells us, he, Jesus said, 14, 15, 16, he said, I'm going to go away, but I want, I'm going to send a comforter to you. He's the Holy Ghost, and he will abide with you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So he's, this was all inclusive in the promise that he made. I'm leaving, but you won't be alone. I'm leaving, but you will, be, you will have power. I'm giving you a command. I want you to stay right here, and then I want you to uh, wait, and then you're going to be filled with power, and then you can you can uh, accomplish what I've commanded you to do. Without me, you can't do this, John 15. Without me, you can do nothing. I'm going to give you power so that you can go out and give the gospel to the whole world. I want you to wait here until you get that power. So this is the command that Jesus gave them. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. This is so exciting. Can you imagine being part of that group of people in the New Testament? You got to see Jesus. You got to talk with him. 
You get to look at him, touch him, handle him, hold him, and talk with him, and eat with him. And this is this is no wild imagination of some kind of a, a ghosty thing. This is this is he's a real man, a real person, and he walked and talked and ate with them and gave them commandments. What a what an incredible Lord we have. And this ought to be real to you today. Listen, I you know who I'm taking with me, and you know who I'm going with this new year? Jesus. I'm going I'm I'm gonna step on into 2021 with the Lord. He said he's he's he takes the first step. I'm going to be right behind him. I'm going to be right with him. I don't know where he's leading us. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm not, I'm not stopping. I'm, I'm not getting off the train. I'm staying right close as I can to the Lord. He knows where he's going. He, came, he gave us commandment. It, it's, not, it's not something where God just disappeared. Let's look at Luke chapter 24 and verse 46 now. In the end... He tells them, verse 46, And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, here's, the, here's what he's commanding. Watch it closely. Everybody read this with me. He says, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Now let's go back to uh, uh, Acts, please. Acts chapter 1. Now remember, he, he's repeating this. The... Uh, the the, uh, the, the book of Acts tells us again, this is what he told us. Let's go to verse number, uh, number six. I'm going to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you power. And now let's look at it, verse number six of Acts 1. Then, or excuse me, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but, here it is again, the promise, ye shall receive power, power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts, a part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. These were angels, no doubt. And verse 11 says, these angels, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. So what did they do about that? Well, they returned to Jerusalem, didn't they? Did they, did they have the power yet? No, not yet. They didn't have the power. They were expecting to get power. They were expecting to have the gift, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They had no idea what it was. They didn't know what to expect. 
They just had the promise of God. God, the Lord Jesus said, you wait right here and don't go away because I'm going to send the promise of the Father. He's going to give you the power. It says right there in verse number 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. They were expecting the promise to be fulfilled. They were expecting the Holy Ghost. They didn't know what the Holy Ghost was. They didn't understand fully the Holy Ghost, did they? They didn't know what to expect, but they had the promise of God. They didn't know what the Holy Ghost was going to do to them. They had no idea. They were just told that you just meet right here, don't leave, and you're going to be endued with power from on high, my Father promised, and you just wait. If you're not there, you won't get the power. You will not get the power if you're not there. So guess what happened? They waited in the upper room. They got together. They started having church. A lot of people think that the church uh, got started at the day of Pentecost. No way. The church was already there at the day of Pentecost. Jesus had already started a church. One thing they were lacking. Do you realize what they were lacking? They were lacking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were lacking the power. By the way, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not where you go off and speak in tongues. That's not that, that that's that's the that's the misnomer that the devil says. Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues? Well, if you don't speak in tongues, they say you're less of a spiritual Christian. You don't have the second gift and all that. I went to a rescue uh, a, a rescue mission downtown San Diego one time. I was just bebopping around uh, the street. I had liberty that day from the Navy, and I, I went upstairs to this rescue mission. I heard they were having church service. So I didn't have a church yet. I didn't even know you were supposed to join a church. So I went into this place in the upper room. They had this rescue mission. And guess what happened? <laughs> a woman preacher was up there. I mean, she was a shrill voice, just a wild woman with one of them Pentecostal hair bun dudes, you know. Nothing wrong with that. But you know how the Pentecostal get way up there like that? Way up there in them long. And she was a, she was a tough old gal. She had a voice like like maybe my, my great-grandmother. You kids get in here and eat right now. Hey, come on and wash your hands. She preached like that. I said, what am I doing here? I didn't, I, I didn't like it at all. There's nobody in there but a couple of homeless guys and those two old ladies up on the front row. They looked like they were, you know, they, they were probably veterans. Anyway, the funniest picture, get this picture. Here's, and guess what her name was? Sister Winnie. Her name was Sister Winnie. Winnie, a preacher, a preacher, a woman. Sister Winnie. She had a, she, she, her name should have been Winnie. Uh, but she was Sister Winnie. And she got up there and she was preaching. <laughs> the place was practically empty and I sat up on the on the row and I'm I'm just the sailor, you know, like what am I doing here? And it was spooky, you know. The people were standing up, and then the, the song leader was a real tall guy. He looked like he's 70 years old. He was attempting to speak in tongues while she preached. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. She was up there like that. And he's over here going like that I thought what did I get it myself into 
And uh, I'll tell you what, I sat down by the, and the lady uh, on the front row, I was sitting next to her, she says, have you got the second blessing yet? I said, what's the second blessing? She goes, oh, you don't know what the second blessing is. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I said, no, I don't think I have that. She said, oh, you've got to get that. And I said, what is it? Speaking in tongues. And I said, you know, I, w I was a brand new Christian. But I knew whatever they had, I didn't want it. <laughs> I don't want that. It's the goofiest, weird stuff you ever saw in your life. I don't want to act like that. And they're spooky-eyed whenever they're asking you crazy stuff. Did you get the second blessing yet? But lady, I don't know what you have. I don't want that. But anyway, I said, what's this say? She said, speaking in tongues. I said, well, I have Jesus in my heart. Is that okay? Oh, that's good. That's yes. I said, I'm saved. I know that Jesus is my Savior. Oh, well, yes, but, but there's something extra. And I thought, okay, I get what's going on here. She's trying to make me into a Pentecostal tongue talker. And I said, uh, this ain't going to work. Anyway, I said, uh, well, ma'am, isn't it true that if Jesus Christ is in your heart, don't you have everything you need? She said, well, yeah. I said, well, I have Jesus in my heart. That's all I need. I don't need whatever you've got. I don't need that second blessing. What she was trying to do, she was trying to get me to act like the guy up next to Sister Whiny or whatever her name was. And you know what? These people that were in the very first church, guess what? They didn't make a big deal about the, the gift of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues. It was a miracle. It happened. But the power of God is what they were, what, what they were receiving. And so if, you, if you're witnessing, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be what? Witnesses, not tongue talkers. That was just the method. That was just like saying at Christmas, um, you know, you get your you get your package and 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 you you tear open the package and you put the gift over here and you say, oh, isn't this paper wonderful? Look at the wrapping paper. Look at this. It's so beautiful. And the ribbon, oh, it's just, and you leave the gift over here, but you're making a big deal about the, you know, the, the sack that it came in, right? The, the, the paper. The, the, listen, I don't mean to make, make light of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's not there to um, uh, uh, make much of himself. The Holy Spirit's not supposed to uh, glorify himself. The Holy Spirit's there to glorify Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. So yes, they spoke in tongues. Yes, the Holy Spirit came. And yes, the Holy Spirit's with us today. But you know what the Holy Spirit's supposed to do? Turn us into Christians that talk about Jesus. When you're filled with, with, with something, it comes out your lip. It comes out the cup. Your cup is filled up and you give out the gospel because it's full inside of you. This is what they had. Ye shall be witnesses. So listen, we, we, need, to, we need to remember we're living in a lost world. This, this whole world is dying and, and it's on its way to hell. So what did they do? They got busy. Let me tell you something. They got busy. The church was already formed. The church already had marching orders. The church already had commission. They were already, uh, they already had a treasurer. Anybody know the, the church's treasurer's name? 
He died early. His name was Judas. They already had a commission in Matthew chapter 28. God, the Lord Jesus Christ already gave them their marching orders. So they had the, the commission. They already had a, who was the head of the church? It wasn't the Pope. Anybody know his name? <laughs> Jesus was the head of the church. So they had a treasurer. They had, they conducted business. Remember? Now, Peter, right away, you know what the first thing they did after, after Jesus told them to wait? While they were waiting, they kept busy. Guess what they did? They, they, got, they got ready, and they, and they asked the Lord, give us another apostle because Judas hung himself, and now they had to fill his office. Did you know uh, that, that office holding place that Judas had was actually an office of the church? Do you realize that? All those apostles held an office. This is business. This isn't, this isn't something that is just, uh, well, let's, let's pick Joe over here. No, no, no. He had to fulfill an office of apostle. There were 12 apostles and minus one, right? So that, that office had to be fulfilled and uh, replacement had to be given because it was an official function of the very first church. And it was prophesied in the Bible earlier that that would happen. I, I want to give you a, a little, a little uh, look at Psalm, Psalm 109. Let's look at Psalm 109. Uh, David understood that. So this, this early church, it wasn't just a club. It wasn't just a center for activity. It was a very, very serious business that Jesus uh, conducted. Psalm 109, let's look at this. So you see they had, they had ordained apostles. They were appointed. Uh, they had apostles that were uh, uh, bishops, if you will. But Psalm 109 says this in verse number 6 through 9. Set thou a wicked man over him, talking of Judas, and let Satan stand at his right hand. Uh, when he shall be judged, let him be condemned, and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Speaking directly of Judas. Did you know Jesus said it would have been better for you had you never been born? And Judas uh, betrayed the Lord. He knew full well what he was doing. He was not saved. He never got saved. He never got saved. Don't ever worry about Judas. It, he did that on purpose. He knew full well he was a child of hell. And the devil entered into him. And he, you should never feel bad about Judas. He knew full well what he was doing. And then at the end, he tried to change it. And uh, that repentance was, was nowhere near the repentance that you and I repented when we got saved. We, he didn't repent. He was just sorry that he got caught. He realized what he did. He tried to give the money back. They said, look, you look to that. He went out to the potter's field and hung himself. And this psalm says, let another take his office. It was prophesied in the Bible. You see the word office there? He was an official a member of the church he was an official apostle he had he had power given to him uh no doubt maybe he healed people i don't know but he had the bag he was a treasurer and jesus knew full well at the last supper what he would do so now the apostles are together and they said we've got to take somebody and put uh, put them in his office his bishopric now that's why the church was already in existence 
It already had a commission. Now, uh, I want you to go back with me to Acts chapter number one. What did they do? Of course, they chose Matthias, but uh, they were all in one place, in one accord. They were having church. You know what they were doing? They were they were worshiping the Lord, and they were having church. Listen, Peter per preached, and uh, Peter got up, and he said, you know, we got to take care of this. Uh, and he preached about Judas, and he said, we've got to take somebody and put him in Judas's spot. Um, <clears throat> look at verse number 14 with me. And all these, uh, after they named all the apostles, there were 11 of them. Uh, these all continued, verse 14, they all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So I, I want you to realize that church is not just for men. Amen. amen. All the women said amen. Uh, it's, not just for, it's not just a man's world. There was a lot of wonderful Christian gals, and boy, there's a bunch of them. What would our church be without Christian ladies? What would, what would our young daughters be without good examples? The Bible says even widows that are widows indeed are supposed to teach the younger women. When they had church in the upper room right there, 120 of them, about 120, they were, what, what were they doing? They were waiting. They were waiting for the promise. You know what? I would like to be caught in church preaching when the rapture happens. I don't, I don't know why, but I think it would be the most exciting thing. You know, everybody's in church. We're all uh, focusing on the word of God, and we're all in a spiritual uh, condition of readiness. Well, I, I just hope Jesus comes back when I'm in church. You know, not, not while I'm, I'm hitting the snooze button. That'd be embarrassing, amen? Or how many, like, oh, what about if you're grouchy? How, would you like Jesus to come back when you're grouchy? Shame on you. No, 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 no. Don't ever be grouchy. Jesus might come back when you're in a bad mood, right? Oh, listen, I know, I know. We all go through that. But look at this. We have in Acts chapter 2, while they were waiting... While Matthias was chosen to uh, take Judas's spot, now we go to Acts chapter 2 and watch what happens. They were waiting, and uh, the whole place where they were sitting, it was filled, and they were given the gift of the Holy Ghost of God. Watch it. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, like verse 14 said. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of uh, like as of fire, and it sat on each of them. That means this. That means you have women and men together, everybody in the upper room or wherever they were sitting, 120 about, and they were in church, and the, the Holy Spirit came down, and the likeness was the cloven tongues of fire. That means uh, split, you know, where the little, you know, how you look in your fireplace. Those are cloven tongues of fire. And it set down on each one of them, and it almost reminds me of Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You're the light of the world. You're not children of darkness. You're children of light. It must have been fantastic. But then there was more to it than that. They didn't just have the 120 of the people there were more people involved with that later because the bible says every nation under heaven was was represented in the meeting and i want you to go with me please 
uh, to Acts chapter 2 where it says, uh, verse number 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Those tongues are called languages, and the reason they had to speak that way was because there were people from all across the globe. Every nation under heaven had a representative or a delegate that was in the meeting. And uh, so when Peter preached, when Peter preached, all the people that were there from other nations, they heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus in their own language. So let's say you spoke Egyptian or uh, 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 Cretan or you were a Mede or a Persian or maybe, maybe you were from Spain or whatever country was there. Maybe you were Roman. Maybe you were from Greek, uh, Greece. And all these different languages are sitting out in the crowd. And there's only one preacher. And so the preacher's preaching the word of God. But the Holy Spirit is lighting upon all these folks out here. And, and the miracle was that they heard this gospel in their language. It is amazing. When, you know, when, whenever I preach, some people hear it in a different language. I don't know what language they hear, but I never preached on that, brother. I don't know where you got that. No, no. Have you ever, how many have you ever been thinking about something else that the preacher was preaching, but the Holy Spirit was talking to you in a different way? And maybe your mind was, maybe your mind, and then you get up sometimes and you say, oh, that, man, that, <laughs> that preaching on tithing was awesome. And I, I never preached on tithing, never mentioned tithing. God's talking to you, amen? Amen, so start giving. So, but, uh, or, or, maybe, or maybe something else. You never know. You just don't know. But this is different. This was uh, coming from the pulpit or wherever Peter was preaching, and, and it got to the person that was uh, speaking Egyptian language in Egyptian language. And it got over here to the German man, and he was, he was listening in German. And, and this is a miracle, the power of God, to get the news to every person in the world. Look at verse number 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. These representatives from every country under heaven were Jewish people that learned the language. You understand? They were Jews sent out. There was lots and lots of dispersions all the, all the time through Jewish history. Jews were everywhere. And that's why you have Jews in Russia. Uh, before the uh, Second World War, you have Jews everywhere. And that's why there were six million of them in, in, uh, in Germany and in Russia and, and Bulgaria and Czechoslovakia. Didn't say that right, but Poland, all these different. All throughout Asia and Europe, there were Jews everywhere. Now, listen closely. There's, there's something to this because God's using the Jews to get the news to everybody. Now watch. Verse number 6. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. So you have 120, but now you have a multitude, don't you? Everybody see it? So God was doing something with his gospel. He promised to do it. He said, I'm going to give you the power. Listen, if this world's going to hear about Jesus, I want in on it. If the world's going to be transformed, if anything's going to happen, if there's a church going to grow, I want to be part of it. If, there's, if, 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 my, if my cousins and aunts and uncles or whoever, my relatives, I don't know, but my family, if anybody's going to get saved, I'd like to have a part in it. I'd like to have a part if something ever God wants to do in, in uh, Whatcom County. I'd like to have a little piece of that. 
I'd like to be involved in it. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because they, that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? These apostles, whoever spoke, it's not clear exactly how many, but they spoke. They gave testimonies. Obviously, they talked about God. They talked about the Bible. These Jewish men talked about Jesus. They were witnessing of his resurrection. You couldn't be an apostle unless you saw the risen Savior. Bodily, you had to be a witness of his resurrection to be an apostle. That's why there's no apostles today. Anybody says they're apostles, they're just, they don't know their Bible. Amen? They could be really sinister, evil, or they could be just really ignorant. Most of the time it's just blatant ignorancy about the Bible. I had a guy down at Trailer Park tell me he was an apostle. I thought, if you're an apostle, what are you doing living like this, you know? He was smoking cigarettes and cussing and all. I was like, he ain't no apostle. None of the apostles smoke cigarettes. None of them drank liquor. Yeah, should be saying amen right there. All right, so we're going to talk about liquor now. Listen, no, nobody, nobody was smoking dope in the Bible days. Nobody, no apostle did, no Christian did that. You, you understand what I'm saying? These men were official apostles, and uh, they saw the Lord Jesus, and they got the business done. And as you follow this, the book of Acts, it's a wonderful story. Praise God. But you know, this was a promise that they were waiting for way from way back in in joel if you if you if you want you can always remember this acts chapter 2 the promise of the holy spirit joel chapter 2 was the prophesy prophecy prophecy of the promise of the holy spirit let's go to joel chapter 2 because we got plenty of time let's let's turn to joel hosea joel amos Let's go to Joel. Everybody there? As soon as you get there, say, Hallelujah, or something like that. Speak in tongues or something. I don't care. I know, what you, I know you don't mean it. All right. Let's go to Joel chapter number 2, verse number 28. Here is what God said he would do. And all the Jews that loved God and read their Bible, they were looking for this. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants, upon the handmaidens, uh, in those days will I pour out my spirit, and I will show wonders in the heavens, in, in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord has said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Now, why do we think that that right there is what uh, was done in Acts chapter 2? Let's go back to Acts chapter 2. I want to show you one thing real quick. Acts 2. Peter got up 
after they said, you guys are all drunk with wine, you're talking gibberish, you, you don't, you're, 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 you're all, uh, you all got a bunch of new wine, and they mocked them. Look at verse 14, Acts chapter number 2, verse 14. Peter said, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and you can go on. But you understand, Peter said this is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy hundreds of years before. Now, guess what? <clears throat> Jesus said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to have power. So you have this baby church, 120 people, trying to do right, and they're waiting, and they don't know what to expect, but they're waiting for this promise. That's you and me today. You know what? I'm waiting for what God's going to do. I believe that what God said he's going to do, he's going to do it. And I don't doubt it. I don't doubt one bit. I don't know about it. I don't know exactly how it's going to come to, to fruition. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But brother, I believe with all my heart, and you ought to too. If it's in the Bible, it's going to happen. It will take place. And we wait and we be faithful like God wants us to. And we stay busy. We conduct the business of the Lord. We're part of the promise of God. We're part of the promises that God made to this world. We're the fruit that God promised. You know what? Those apostles back there are mighty glad you and I are still serving the Lord. Those apostles back there, they're looking... And they see history from way back. They get to see the panoramic view of what's going on. And they see missionaries in every area of the world. They see uh, church revivals all over America. They get to enjoy the fruit of all of their suffering. And almost every one of them uh, died a martyr's death. All those people that, that were whipped and beat and scourged back in the day. They're mighty glad you and I are in church today. God's happy we're in church. God's happy. He's going to give us. The promise, it's going to happen. What promise? Well, I know that the Lord said uh, that he's going to come back in the twinkling of an eye. I know the Lord said that uh, uh, you're going to uh, hear a trumpet. Uh, God, the Lord Jesus Christ said you're going you're gonna to hear a shout and uh, the, with the voice of the archangel. We're going we're gonna to hear some things. We're going to see. And if it doesn't happen while I'm alive and you're alive, we, we will not be the worse for waiting for it. You understand? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. We're going to be uh, blessed as we wait. And I believe God's going to do great things. Now today, let's go to Acts chapter 13 for just a minute. I want to, I want to show you one thing. Acts 13 will be done. Oh, there's so many things done, so many wonderful works of God. 
And you can see God uh, alive and well and working in your life. Uh, we just we had some prayers answered last week. Our families had many prayers answered. We thank God for that. As we wait, we can pray and sing and win people to Christ and, and do all we can to serve God. Look at Acts 13, verse 45. It says, But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you. But seeing you put it far from you and judge yourselves unworthy <clears throat> of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all that region. You have a church going from 120 to a multitude. Then you have 3,000 people getting saved and baptized on the day of Pentecost. And then you have 5,000 multitudes and people going everywhere. And by the time Acts chapter 13, a whole region receives Christ. A whole region gets the gospel. And I'm glad, I'm glad they waited on the Lord. Now, can you imagine somebody that might have just been real skeptical and said, well, yeah, I don't want to serve God anymore. I, I just don't want to. I don't want to uh, go to church. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to pray anymore. Uh, can you imagine that kind of person? All that they're going to miss. All that they might have missed and they weren't there. Uh, there was 120, right? About 120 in the upper room. Is that right? How come there wasn't more, many more? I wonder where the rest of them were. I don't know. I just know this. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. If you're waiting on the Lord and trusting him, you've got a promise given to you. They waited for the promise. You say, is that how we live our Christian life? Yes, brother. Yes, sister. That's how you live the Christian life. You get up and you say, Jesus didn't come yesterday. He might come today. So I'm going to live and serve and work for him. And if he doesn't come today, he'll probably come tomorrow. And if he doesn't come tomorrow... He'll probably come the next day. But since he didn't come yesterday, he might come today. I don't really care about tomorrow. You know why? God's got all that under control. So he might come today. You see, that's the Christian life, serving and listening and serving God on a daily basis, waiting for the promise. Let's bow our heads for prayer.